welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you guys for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. It is September 23rd. That means we're getting ready to start round two of the playoffs. They're going to be going to fabulous Las Vegas Motor Speedway to kick off the fourth race in the playoffs. So a lot of people are excited for that one. It, we have also had quite a bit of news this week, which means we are going to skip what has happened on this day in racing. I know it's a bit of a controversial thing, but it's usually just a Rick Henrik driver, a Roush Racing driver, and a Joe Gibbs driver. So just think of that. Probably on September 23rd, three years ago, Jimmy Johnson won. And then before that, in 2007, Greg Biffle won. And then in 1997, Jeff Gordon won a race. Let's just say that. That's what happened on September 23rd. But there's a reason why I'm doing this. Is like I said, a lot of news has came out, and we got to cover it all. This is big 2021 silly season schedule stuff. So let's get into it. This is this week's news. We're first going to be starting off with the number 42 machine, one of the biggest rides that was available for the 2021 season. There's been a lot of rumors who are going to be taking over that car. Some people said Eric Jones. A lot of people said Bubba Wallace. Even Bubba Wallace said he talked to Chip Ganassi Racing. But it turns out it's going to be neither of those drivers. It's going to be Ross Chastain driving that number 42 car starting the 2021 season. I'm really excited about this. I felt like Ross Chastain was a well-deserving driver who should finally be in the Cup Series and some good equipment. Man. He has run for premium motorsports uh, last year, I do believe it was, and a little bit with this year with Spire Motorsports, who did have a Chip Ganassi Racing uh, Technical Alliance, but he's been mostly focused on his Xfinity program this year with Colleg Racing, which is not the strongest team in the world. In fact, they're probably a top 10 top 15 team but he has been so consistent in that number 10 car I've been very impressed with him the only problem is he just can't get a victory right now which is kind of a bummer but he could be there at the very end with a team that's really not have that financial support as these other guys and then even last year he was running for the truck series he decided to move his points on over to there and almost won the championship for Nice Motorsports so Ross Chastain is a really good driver he a lot of fans like him and he has a lot of talent behind him. I say this is a great option for him. Uh, Matt Kansas took it over this year and I could have swore it was going to be Ross Chastain, but like I said, he was running the X-Fanity series full time, so I understand why they didn't do that. But he's going to be a good addition for Chip Ganassi. I hope to see that number 42 car back in victory lane. Hopefully it's not like this year where they've been struggling running as a subpar team, finishing between 15th and 25th. This car is so much more better than that, and we might see Chastain finally bring this car back to the same level as Kyle Larson had it. So big news, Ross Chastain driving the number 42 in 2021. A bit of news that made everyone's jaw drop, including myself, was that Denny Hamlin is forming a cup team with... Michael Jordan. That is now confirmed, and I did not think that that was really ever going to happen. Michael Jordan's spokesperson said, absolutely not. He's not talking with any other NASCAR team. That's ridiculous. 
Now it has been confirmed, and guess who's going to be driving the car? None other than Bubba Wallace, and they are going to acquire the charter from Jermaine Racing, who is not going to be returning in the 2021 season. This is incredible. I did not see this one coming, and if you said you saw this one coming at the beginning of the year, you're freaking high. You are a liar because nobody thought that Michael Jordan would be coming into NASCAR and saying, hey, Denny Hamlin, let's form a NASCAR Cup team. I mean, no one thought of it. And and I know that Denny Hamlin has had some sponsorship with Michael Jordan's shoe brand, but we've never really seen it as a primary sponsor. I thought that would be the most we would ever see Jordan in NASCAR, but oh my goodness, I mean, it's 2020, crazier things have happened, and this is definitely one of the craziest things. I think the one thing that's super funny is all the Bubba Wallace fans, haters, uh, they probably see this, and they're all going to be looking like the Michael Jordan crying meme. Someone please make that. Please make a meme where it shows Michael Jordan crying and says, when NASCAR haters hear that Bubba Wallace is getting a top-tier team with some top-tier sponsorship, please make that meme. I know what a lot of people are going to be doing. Every time Bubba Wallace gets into a wreck next year, if he gets into any, they're going to be showing the crying Michael Jordan. That's also going to be a good way to do it. But I'm really excited for Bubba Wallace. Let's see what he can actually do in some way better equipment. Richard Petty Motorsports, I really like them. Don't get me wrong, but they're a subpar team. And they've been on the verge of bankruptcy for so many years. Of course, they weren't going to put on some strong teams. And like I said, Bubba Wallace shows some talent. We have seen him run really well in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. I want to see him in some competitive stuff in the Cup Series. If it does not happen with this team, then the haters were right. He was not really a good driver. But I really don't see that happening. Now, they haven't said what number they're going to be driving. I really feel like it would be great if they used number 23. That'd be really cool. And also, this could be a technical alliance car with Joe Gibbs Racing because now that opportunity has opened up and it sounds like they may have bought some cars from Levine Family Racing. So there is a lot of interesting things that could happen with this team. I don't expect this team to be uh, running for the championship next year, but I'd say the goal for this team is to make it into the playoffs and try to make it into at least the round of 12. If you make it into the playoffs, that would be awesome. If they finish worse than 20th, then we got a big problem. But still, absolutely the biggest news by far, Denny Hamlin is forming a cup team with none other than Michael Jordan, one of the biggest NBA stars in the history of basketball. And then they're going to have Bubba Wallace, one of the top, most talked about drivers of the 2020 season. And they're getting a charter from Jermaine Racing, where Jermaine just has a charter. That's all I'm going to say about them. Some bit of schedule news that came in for the 2021 season. They're kind of rumors right now, but it sounds like it's almost more than likely going to happen. And that is involving the state of Texas. It looks like Texas might get the all-star race in 2021. I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't really too excited when I heard that. I was like, oh, great. Texas Motor Speedway all-star race. They got a big TV, but that's about all they have. I mean, it's kind of similar to Charlotte, so that's a bit of a head-scratcher. But the reason why they're doing this is because it looks like they're going to be losing one of their regular season races, which was kind of a shocker to me. And then they also said that they are considering the addition of a cup race at none other than Circuit of the Americas, southeast of Austin. You heard me right. Circuit of the Americas, the same racetrack where they race the Formula One cars when they come over to the United States. 
That would be absolutely badass to see NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas. It is crazy some of the rumor tracks that they are trying to add on to the 2021 season. We had Road America. Now we got Circuit of the Americas. One that's already been confirmed is Nashville Speedway, which I completely forgot about that track. So it's kind of cool to see them come back. There could also be Iowa coming on and there could be another road course coming in. Maybe even Gateway will make an appearance in NASCAR. It is just crazy right now. And it's going to be really interesting to see if they do add all these road course tracks and these short tracks. How much is it going to change up the schedule? And is it going to be way more exciting? It's obviously going to change it up a lot. But is the racing going to be better? Is the fan attention going to be a little bit stronger than it has been in the last recent years? Because this year has been some of the lowest ratings ever since the late 90s. It is bad right now. However, with all these changes, this may be the right direction for them. They're doing a lot of experimental stuff and I really think road courses may be the best route for them to go at this time. We shall see but man, if they add Circuit of the Americas, 2021 is just going to be badass. I can't wait for that. I'm a little bummed out about the potentially the all-star race going to Texas but at least they said, don't worry, we're going to eliminate a points race where a lot of us said, oh thank god. Oh, thank God. I thought we were going to see Texas three times next year. So crazy news with the 2021 schedule as well. So next up, I have some of the most anticlimactic news story that I've ever heard on NASCAR this year. And that is they finally got the report on what happened to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane crash. One of the biggest news in the month of August of the 2019 season, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and his family got into a plane accident with their jet. They all escaped fine with just minor injuries at most. It was crazy. And we were all wondering, what the hell happened to that plane? Did potentially birds fly into the engine? Did fog affect it? What happened to this jet? And they finally got the news. The plane crash was caused by pilot error. That's all they gave us. I mean, I was just like, oh, well, <laughs> that's a bit lackluster. I thought they were going to be having some juicy, juicy bit of information for us. No, it was just pilot error. We we all knew that. Like, I thought there was something even bigger than just a pilot error, but that's all they gave us. So <laughs> if you ever were wondering whatever happened to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, plane, it was simple. The pilot sucked and made a mistake and crashed. That's it. Moving on. <laughs> So remember when we talked about Mike Wallace a couple weeks ago where he got an indefinite ban by NASCAR for violating NASCAR member conduct? It sounded like uh, he was suspended because he said something that was uh, very offensive and it was something that was discriminatory against somebody and that he had to perform sensitivity training as directed by NASCAR. It was crazy, but they never really released what he said. So I was very curious. I'm like, did he say, I don't know, something similar to Kyle Larson? Did he say something about religion? Did he say a certain type of driver should not be racing? We don't know, but whatever it is, it looks like the appeal case may be up for consideration because the people on the panel, who, by the way, were Dixon Johnson, Bill Lester, and Kevin Whitaker. I know one of those names, Bill Lester. He used to run the truck series. He's an African-American driver. He did really good in the truck series. Wasn't ever really like a championship threat, but he still did really good. They all were on the panel, and they said they are uplifting the appeal. I just hope that we actually hear what he said. If it is something to the extent of Kyle Larson and they're looking to uphill it, then Kyle Larson should be welcome back. 
But I don't think this is really the case. I feel like it was something that was very stupid. It could have been something that could have been considered a little bit offensive, but not really that offensive. And they're just thinking, all right, we'll upheal it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just really want to know what this guy said. Please, NASCAR, just give us the information. What did he say to deserve a suspension? That's all we want to know. Lastly, let's look at some field filler news. I'm going to be looking at the entry list for Las Vegas. We got 39 cars that are going to be running this race. And it, no, not one of them is going to be BJ McLeod's Motorsports or Tommy Baldwin Racing. In fact, it's going to be a car that we have not seen since the Daytona 500. That's right. The number 49 of Chad Fincham for Business Management Motorsports is going to be making a return to the Cup Series, driving the number 49 machine for Carl Long. It's actually really cool to finally see this number 49 car back. I thought it was just going to be a one-race deal. But you know what? It's great to see this car come back. I like uh, these smaller teams being able to add extra cars, even if Kyle Busch thinks they all suck. I don't care. It's great to see these teams be able to expand and fill those extra spots. Chad Fincham, he tried to make the Daytona 500. He was just uh, off the pace and wasn't able to qualify in. Ever since then, he hasn't really attempted a race until now. And since there is only 39 cars trying to make this race, the number 49 car will be racing at Las Vegas this weekend. And that will conclude this week's news. A lot of big news coming in for the 2021 season, like I said. Now we know where Bubba Wallace is going to be going, and now we know who's going to be filling up that number 42 car. There's still a little bit of unanswered questions as far as where's Ty Dillon going to be going? Where's Eric Jones? What about Daniel Suarez? He's not returning back to the number 96 car. Ryan Priest is going to be gone. Corey LaJoy is not returning to the number 32 car. There's a lot of unanswered questions at this time. Also, which drivers are going to be moving up? Will we be seeing Chase Briscoe? Will we be seeing Austin Sindrick? Is Matt Bandetto now on the line? There is a lot of bit of news here that we still got to keep track on, but at least we got some bigger stories that are in the books. And it's cool to see a new team pop up while we've seen some teams close up. I mean, it's really sad to see the number 95 team disappear as well as now the number 13 team. And I'm just hoping that we get some extra cars that come in or extra teams that come into the Cup Series to fill in those spots because I'd hate to just see nothing but 36 car races or maybe even less than that. And I'm tired of seeing really short rosters. I want to see full fields for every single race. I want to see full 40-car field. Of course, I don't want the cars to be absolute junkers, um, just like myself as a field filler. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them being field fillers. I just don't want them to be like 12 miles off the pace every single lap, causing accidents left and right. Hopefully, that's not the case. But we are seeing some a lot of changes right now, and hopefully we could see a 40-car field next year at every single racetrack. We will see. But now, enough of all that. Now it is time to go into our picks and see who are the best options to go for at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Alrighty, so we know how the game works. We're going to be going over 15 drivers, 5 being the top dogs, 5 being the top 10 guys, and then 5 people being dark horses or people who could very well surprise us. I'm going to be including all of the chase drivers, and then I'm going to be including 3 non-playoff drivers who I feel can give you really good points here at Las Vegas. We go by the NASCAR Fantasy Live Picks, which means you pick 6 drivers, 
Five of them will count for your final points. One will be benched all the way up until the halfway point. So when it comes to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, it seems to be that there are five drivers in particular that are really head and shoulders above the rest. And when I mean they're head and shoulders, they really surpass everybody. And first and foremost, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Kevin Harvick are the top three dogs when it comes to this racetrack. I did not realize how good these three drivers did at this racetrack until I looked at their past few results. Joey Logano doing the best. First, ninth, first, fourth, seventh, fourth. In the last six races, his worst finish was ninth, and he still got 47 points. He is by far one of the best drivers when it comes to Las Vegas. There's no reason to exclude him from your list for this weekend. And his partner, Brad Kitsilowski, is just as good. He's also gotten some victories here at Las Vegas. Here's his last few finishes, seventh, third, second, first, sixth, fifth. So his worst finish is actually a seventh. He just gets a little bit less stage points compared to his partner. If you guys have enough room for them, I hope you haven't used one of these drivers three times already because this is absolutely the race they use them. Because if one of those guys do good, typically the other is right there right behind him. I mean, literally, neither of them have finished outside the top ten. Try to put both of them on your fantasy list. And then Kevin Harvick as well. The only reason why Kevin Harvick is ranked third compared to these guys, even though he gets more victories than them he has gotten into some accidents in the last couple of years but when he does keep his nose clean at these racetracks he usually scores 50 to 60 points again mile and a half tracks are usually Kevin Harvick's cup of tea you want to include him on your list someone like me who never used him in the first round which I feel kind of like an idiot for doing I'm now going to start using him and hopefully you guys have enough picks for him to use him for at least this one Texas and then Phoenix Next up, we have Martin Trex Jr. He won the race here last year during the fall, and his other races have been really good, except for the last race um, that we just had here earlier in the season where he finished 20th. He still accumulated 34 points, so don't let that discourage you too much. The other finishes have been, have been first, eighth, third, fourth, and first. So he's gotten two victories within the last three years. Another great guy to add on to your list. And I know he struggled a bit at Bristol, but we knew Bristol was going to be a hard track for him. I say he gets back into his same routine that he had earlier in the summer. Expect to see Martin Trex Jr. run the top five, if not then, a top three. And then lastly, let's include Chase Elliott. He is a good top dog to have as well. A little bit weaker than these guys, but his finishes have been fairly well here. He got a 26 in the last race. He was kind of similar with Martin Trex Jr. Got into some problems. But in the other finishes, he usually gets a top 10 or better. And he's usually scoring 40 or more points. Chase Elliott, this is going to be another good track for him. He really likes this mile and a half. He just has had a little bit of bad luck getting the victory. But I remember last year, I was at that race. He was one of the top dogs just pitch strategies kind of threw him off a little bit don't be surprised to see chase elliott run there near the top so those are the top dogs it's going to be really hard to keep at least three of these guys off the list and that is joey logano brad kisilowski kevin harvick martin trex jr and chase elliott then here in the top 10 guys we're going to put alex bowman as the first one he is really really good at this racetrack finishing 13th 6th 11th 19th and 16th that 19th does look a little bit scary but he did accumulate 28 points in that race he's going to be someone that's going to be right around the range of 30 points the way he ran round one gives me a lot of optimism that he's still going to be running really good in this race and if his partner chase elliott's going to be doing really good then he's going to follow suit right with him keep alex bowman as your fourth or fifth pick guy next up we have Eric Amarola usually the top 10 guy he should be a top 10 guy for most of these races coming up except maybe the road course 
If you are looking for a fourth pick guy and you still have Eric Amarola for four picks, maybe even three picks, it's time to start using him, especially at mile and a half. Kyle Busch is sitting a little bit lower on this list, and that is because the Busch brothers do not like their hometown track. They tend to struggle at this track a lot. Kyle Busch just ran into a lot of bad luck last year. That's when he started yelling at Garrett Smithley, and he said that uh, field fillers were absolutely horrible with the game. No, that's not the case. He maintained his lane, and you were too much of a dumbass to get off the gas. So that's all I got to say for that. But there is a good chance he could get a top 10, maybe even a top 5. But there's also a chance that he can finish outside the top 15. Because that's where he usually finishes. In the last six races here, he's either finished 15th or worse, or 7th or better. Not really anything in between. So he could be a top 10 guy, but do keep that one in mind. Next up, we have Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin really doesn't do good at Las Vegas, I've noticed. His finishes have been more towards the back, and the reason why I kept him as a top 10 guy is because there are some opportunities that he could get you a lot of points. I say if he can get the top 10, he will get you 35 or more points. He has been able to do it before, but he has struggled quite a bit recently. So, I mean, it is a little worrisome to put Denny Hamlin on your roster. I would save him for another race because I don't really think Denny Hamlin should be your fourth or fifth pick when it comes to this year. So keep that one in mind. Next up, we have Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon was uh, on an absolute tear in round one. Absolutely shocked everybody. Did a phenomenal job. And I think he's going to continue on the success here at Las Vegas. The last race here earlier in the year, he finished fourth place with 33 points. And it wasn't really much of a fluke because the last year at the fall race, he finished 12th with 31 points. So, again, another good fourth or fifth pick guy. Maybe even your sixth pick if you're going with a lot of the top dogs. I wouldn't be afraid to include Austin Dillon on your list. Now for the dark horses. These are the two worst drivers when it comes to the playoffs. And that is Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch. I I feel kind of bad putting Kurt Busch down here. He's just really struggled the last few races here. His best finish has been a fifth. But the other ones he's finished uh, 21st or worst. And that's a bit of a bummer. But like I said, the Bush brothers tend to struggle at Las Vegas. So Kurt Busch, it may not be a good idea to include him here at Las Vegas. And Clint Boyer's another one. Clint Boyer's best finish in the last three years has been a 10th place finish. Other than that, he usually finishes on average 18th place. I don't really trust Clint Boyer when it comes to stats like that. I think it's best to save him for another race, maybe even more of a road course race and the short tracks that are coming up. That might be a best option for Clint Boyer. But for this mile and a half track, especially at Las Vegas, nah, not really a good idea. So those are the playoff drivers. Now I got some of here, the non-playoff drivers, and that is including Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Jimmy Johnson as good options to put on your roster for this race. Here's the reason why. Ryan Blaney, been an absolute dark horse all of the second half of the season. He's either been near the top or he's wrecked out. And then this race, it's kind of the same thing per se. He's finished 11th, 5th, 22nd, 5th, and 5th. So most of the time he does finish in the top 5. That's why I say it may not be a bad idea to include Ryan Blaney on your list. But make him your 6th pick guy because my goodness, it is so hard to trust him nowadays. He, He is a really good driver. He really is. He just takes a lot of gambles, him and his team, and he tends to be on the wrong end of those gambles. So do keep that in mind. But if he gets a little bit of good luck going his way, he could get you a top five, no problem. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., here at this racetrack, he's gotten a few good finishes in the last couple of races. He's finished third, finished 26, had a bit of a rough race last year, and then he finished sixth, 
got into a wreck, and then finished 14th. The only thing that worries me about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is he usually gets his good finishes in the spring race and not the fall race, but we have seen the potential of him to finish well. He would be more in that sixth place spot. I wouldn't really put him as a fifth or fourth because there is that chance he could have a rough finish, but if you want to take a gamble on him and you have that extra spot, by all means put Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on there. He might get you a top five in this race. And lastly, Jimmy Johnson. I know we've been including him a lot and he really hasn't been performing well. I just, I'm just praying that the bad luck ends for him. He's really good at Las Vegas. His last few finishes here have been 5th and 11th and then he went on a little bit of a bad streak for a couple races where he finished 19th and 22nd and then he finished 12th. Again, um, would be a 5th or 6th place guy, uh, but uh, what worries me is the last few races he's also been a 4th or 5th pick, and he's finished 17th or 18th each time. So if you think the bad luck has ended for Jimmy Johnson, maybe it's time to finally include him on your roster, but if you don't want to include him again because of these finishes, I totally understand. It would just be a good guy to take under consideration that he does have good finishes here. He might be someone who will surprise us with some good stage points at the very least. So that is my top 15 picks for this race. As far as my six picks go, I'm just going to be really greedy in this one. And I feel like this is a good race to be greedy at. I say I'm going to use the picks for Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Kevin Harvick. I say it is a great option to include these three drivers on here. They tend to finish really well in this race. They tend to produce a lot of stage points and a lot of good finishes here. It would not be a bad idea to have all three of them on your list. And then also for my other guys, I'm going to use three top 10 guys. I'm going to go with Alex Bowman, Eric Amarola, and Austin Dillon. These guys have been running really well. They've been top 10 guys. They've been doing really well in the first round. I feel like they'll do the same thing here at Las Vegas. This tends to fit all of these drivers' uh, driving skills when it comes to mile and a half. I'd say I could potentially have all these guys finish in the top seven. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. just missed the list. Um, I just feel like... Uh, I would rather have Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano more than Martin Trex Jr. Don't let that discourage you, though. If you want to put Martin Trex Jr. on their list, that's perfectly fine. And then Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin, I just feel like there's way better options to use them for in other races. This is probably not the best track to go with them. So those are my picks. Let me know who you guys go for, and we're going to see how well we do this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And that will conclude the last segment today of this episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm just hoping that we get a little bit more news for the 2021 season because this news week was absolutely awesome. And it's kind of great to see which drivers are going where. And we still got a lot of drivers still available for the 2021 season. So it's going to be very interesting to see which drivers will actually get good rides and which drivers may be stuck with a team like Spire Motorsports or go back into the Xfinity series. Who knows? And also, don't forget to tune in to the Sunday race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. This is more of a night race. They start at 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. It is not a Saturday race. So do realize that it's not going to be more of an afternoon race. It's going to be more of an evening race. So keep that in mind. This is usually one of the better mile-and-a-half races when it comes to NASCAR. So 
Make sure to tune into that race on NBC Sports Network at 7 p.m. Eastern. And also, don't forget that it is the first race of round two, so there's going to be a lot on the line. It's going to be a great race. I can't wait. But above all, thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.